Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. So this week, I decided that I wanted to talk a little bit more about my story. I feel like I haven't done a great job of documenting and sharing my journey up to this point. So over the coming weeks, I want to share more of my story and some reflections on how I went from corporate engineer in her late 20s to now a 30-something life coach and business owner. And this is really the journey from feeling like something was just off with my career and I explored some other options and alternatives. I contemplated going back to school and then I finally made the decision that I wanted to be a business owner. So this is really going to be the story of figuring out what else I could do with my life and taking the necessary steps to start to untangle myself from the life that I had already created. And this story wasn't linear, it wasn't very straightforward, and it definitely was not quick. It took me about five years to finally leave my corporate job after I really made the decision that I was going to quit my job. But we can talk more about that in the coming weeks. Today, I wanted to start with kind of what I consider to be part one and what really set me off in this direction, which was the decision to go to university. And I'm going to use the word decision very lightly because if we look at the definition of what decision is, it is a conclusion or resolution reached after consideration. And the keyword here being consideration, um, I had absolutely zero consideration about whether I wanted to, needed to, or should go to university. I didn't think twice about going to university after high school. That's just what you did at that time, and it's kind of what's expected nowadays as well. And that's sort of how you stayed on track for a successful life. And the next decision that I made with little to no intentionality was the program that I applied for. And I don't really remember a lot from, you know, grade 12, the time that I started really thinking about this, but I do remember that I was briefly toying with the idea of going into graphic design. And I had always been good at a lot of things, and I had a lot of interests, and I excelled equally in math and science as I did in the more artistic things that I participated in at that time. And I've shared this story before, so I'll just quickly say it here, but I shared the idea at the time with a teacher, and I can't remember their exact role, whether they were like a sub or an assistant or whatever, but they don't stick out in my mind as one of my like main teachers at that time. And anyways, I had told them that I was thinking of going into graphic design, and basically they said, if you do that, you'll never make any money. And at that age, I was 17 then, I wasn't really in the habit of questioning authority. I was very much the good girl archetype, you know, do well in school and don't cause trouble. And so I was very used to taking what adults around me said to be the truth. And not only the truth, but my truth as well. And I hadn't yet come around to the idea that a lot of what people say is based on their own opinions and their own beliefs. So hearing that I would never make any money in graphic design kind of squashed that idea for me immediately. 
And I vaguely remember that at this time, there was a large push to get more women into STEM careers. And so at that time, you're really told, you know, hey, you're good at math and science, you do well in a program like engineering. And on top of that, engineering was viewed as well-paying, and it was really viewed highly by pretty much anyone that you told. So with these things in mind, I'm saying these things kind of looking back, I honestly don't know what my mental thought process was, but I think it was kind of something along this line. And so with all of that said, and very little thought on my part, I applied for the engineering program. And I got in and I even received a few scholarships for, you know, having good grades in high school, going into university, they kind of rewarded you for that with a couple scholarships. And so, you know, I was receiving a lot of praise for, you know, not only getting into university and getting into such a great program like engineering, but on top of that, I also got some scholarships. So all of this was really feeding my like good girl persona and, you know, my need for achievement and praise from adults. And at this time, I was really comforted by the thought that I was, you know, on track to do the right things and have a successful life. And so fast forward, I managed to get through that grueling four-year program. It was a really packed schedule. It was literally six courses a term for four years. So there were really no gaps in my schedule. <laughs> my schedule was basically a, a nine to five job every day. And, you know, at the end of it, I smiled and proudly showed off my ring. In Canada, engineers get a ring and my diploma, and I sort of just ignored or accepted the fact that started seeing some things in my body where my body was saying, hey, <laughs> we're not happy. Like, I started grinding my teeth, and I got strep throat at least once a year, pretty much the entire time I was in university. And looking back, it's definitely a reflection of the stress and the workload and just getting run down. And I never really questioned these things. It was sort of just what you did when you were going through such a hard program like engineering. And it was almost like a badge of honor to say like, hey, this is a really hard thing and, you know, I'm toughing it out and I'm getting through this and I got my degree and like, isn't that great? <laughs> And looking back at this time, you know, I love this concept and I've talked about this before, but it's being on the conveyor belt of life. And I was firmly on that conveyor belt. And this conveyor belt is very much do what you're told, kind of do what's expected of you, such as, you know, go to school, get good grades, go to university and get a good job. And speaking of getting a good job, I'm laughing because looking back, this is so ridiculous, but getting a job really snuck up on me. I had been so kind of mindlessly moving forward in life and everything was just sort of happening automatically that it hadn't even really occurred to me that I had to initiate the job hunting process. And, you know, looking back on school, maybe some of you will resonate with this, but pretty much from, you know, the moment you start school until you're graduating from university, life sort of just happens automatically, like, or your parents take care of things, like you're enrolled in school, you just go there, get grades, and like, that's it. You don't really have to do anything conscious to think about where you want to go or like what you want to do. And 
I know that like choosing a university and choosing a program is kind of the first thing that a lot of us are exposed to as far as making decisions in our life. But for me, it was super automatic. I knew I was going to the university in the city that I grew up in and, you know, I put very little thought into what program I would go into. So it was pretty mindless. Even if you're not kind of doing this mindlessly, I would argue that, you know, making a decision around your career at the age of 17 or 18 when you've basically been told what to do your whole life is probably not the best way to make a career decision. Anyways, I digress. Let's get back to the fact that it kind of shocked me that I had to initiate the job hunting process. Uh, For me, it really wasn't until... You know, the last year of university, my bestie at the time had come to class and she just offhand mentioned like that she had started applying for a bunch of jobs. And I remember in that moment feeling so shocked hearing this information because it was like, oh yeah, we're about to graduate and I guess I should also be applying for jobs and thinking about what companies I want to apply for and getting my resume together and all of these things. And it was just a shock because I was so used to, I guess, life just happening automatically. And this was like one of the first times where it wasn't happening automatically. Like I had to start initiating this process and start making decisions in my own life. It's kind of silly to look back on it now. And it's definitely one of like the first of many wake up calls And it's definitely a good thing. It got me in the driver's seat and I had to start applying for jobs. But it really, for me, is just a reflection of how much I had been just kind of automatically moving through life. So let's get into some of my takeaways or lessons from this phase of my life. And really, when I think about this, I think about the question, how do we end up in careers that we later don't like? And for me, going to school was really the first step in kind of heading in a direction that I don't didn't love later in life. And so I was thinking about, you know, how did I get to this point? How did I get to the point where I sort of was just like automatically moving through the motions? And I came up with five takeaways. So the first takeaway that I was not in the habit of questioning my beliefs. So for me, I really let society or the people around me tell me what the definition of a successful life looks like. And for a lot of other people, success meant having a secure, stable job where you have a university degree to show to employers and you get a regular paycheck. And, you know, for a lot of people, that is what success is. And so that was just the belief that I had taken on for myself without really questioning it because I was not someone that questioned a lot of things in my life. You know, I had that good girl persona going on. And the second takeaway is similar to this, but it's kind of mindlessly following the conventional path. You know, a lot of us can grow up and we just unthinkingly accept the dominant cultural beliefs of the time in which we are growing up. And so when I was growing up, it was definitely the like school to university to job sort of path. And that's pretty common these days, though I think a lot of kids are now also thinking about becoming YouTubers. And that's sort of like a dominant cool thing to do at this time as well. And so the third thing is that 
a lot of us, if you're kind of never questioning your own beliefs and you're following this conventional path, you are giving your power away to others. So maybe you feel pressure from your family or maybe you're just someone who's always kind of looked up to adults as like the authority in your life. So you feel like the opinions of parents and teachers and adults are very important to you. Maybe you also feel pressure to you know, tag along with your friends or not fall behind. If everyone is doing one thing, it can be hard to be that kid that says, "Mm, you know what, I might take a gap year or I might, you know, not rush into going to school because I don't exactly know what I want right now. And so to know if you're giving your power away to others, you can ask yourself, you know, where do I default to others? Where do I let other people kind of tell me what's right, what's wrong, what to do, that sort of thing? Um, Where do you think others know better than you? You know, are you always going to others before you can make a decision? And do you kind of squash your own inner voice or maybe you have a little idea, but then, you know, you ask people about it and no one agrees with you, so you squash that. And, you know, the opinions of others can be kind of really in our face or they can really be well-meaning. So this could look like, you know, maybe people see certain talents in you and they say, hey, you're really good at X, Y, and Z. You'd be a great lawyer and you really don't, haven't thought about what you want to do with your life. And you're like, oh yeah, you're right. I guess I am good at those things and maybe I should be a lawyer. Okay, I'm going to be a lawyer. And conversely, this can go the other way where you share what you're interested in and, you know, people can say like, oh, you know, you'll never make any money doing that or maybe they just don't see it for you. Maybe they look at you and they're like, I just don't see how you could do that. I'm not really sure if you're you're up for it. And, you know, they f- share that feedback as well because they're trying to keep you safe, but really it just kind of puts you down. So this can come up in a lot of ways and it's really starting to recognize, you know, it's fine to listen to the opinions of others, but ultimately it's really growing that muscle of, you know, following your own gut or your own intuition or whatever you think is right for you. And so the fourth way that we can kind of get off track a little bit in life is by feeling a lot of pressure to be on track in life. And I really felt this a lot. I was someone who wanted to graduate early. I wanted to not take a gap year. I wanted to, you know, graduate high school and be done my university degree by like 20 or 21. And I was sort of like very focused on appearances and not falling behind. And unfortunately, the people in our lives can kind of perpetuate this and you'll get praised for graduating early, right? You'll get praised for being ahead or being young for the milestone that you've accomplished. And no one really asks you, like, are you happy? Does that decision reflect your own truth? No, they're just like, oh, great, you graduated early. Good job. Or you bought a car at your age or you bought a house at your age, whatever it is. But they're not really asking you, like, oh, do you feel super stressed? having a mortgage now? Does this feel right? Did you even buy a house in an area that you like? Things like that. It's just really based on outward achievements and getting praise for that. And so all of these things that I just talked about kind of culminate in this fifth takeaway, which is over time, you become disconnected from your truth. Maybe you became disconnected 
ultimately, that is how we get quote unquote off track in life. It's by being disconnected from our truth. And I'll just say, I don't think we really are ever like off track. I think maybe we can take little detours and we learn a lot from those phases of life. And, you know, if I hadn't taken the detour through corporate life and engineering, then I wouldn't be here doing what I do, which is helping other people who are interested in leaving corporate because I wouldn't be able to relate to that experience. And I wouldn't know what it feels like to be in a corporate job that you don't love. And I wouldn't have had the experience of transitioning out of corporate into having my own business. So getting back to being disconnected from your own truth, this can show up in so many ways. But for me, one of the biggest ways is you struggle to know what you want. You really struggle to make decisions and you can feel like you just like waffle in indecision for so long. Maybe you make a ton of pros and cons lists or maybe you talk to like everyone in your life and get their opinion on it and it doesn't really help, right? You're just generating more noise and more data points that you have to sort of sift through in trying to find your truth. And for me now, I feel far more connected to my truth than I ever ever have in my life. And so now I generally have an idea of what I want to do. And maybe I'll talk to a couple people just to get their take on it or to soundboard with them. But usually what ends up happening is when they give me their feedback, it just reaffirms for me what I already want to do. And when I was younger, this wasn't the case. You know, I would talk to so many people and I would truly have no idea what to do. And I would just try and talk to enough people until I heard something that like sounded kind of right. And I would just do that. So let's move on to a lighter note here and talk about what should you do instead. You know, maybe um, one of one or more of the last five things that I talked about resonated with you, or maybe you've already gone down a similar path to me where you went to school, you did all the things, you're in your like mid to late 20s, and you're starting to realize that something just doesn't feel right in your career. And you're wondering, maybe I just need to get a different job with a different boss, or maybe I need to get another degree or like a master's or something to kind of pivot your career into a slightly different area. Or maybe like me, you are considering getting like a whole new degree. I was thinking about not just getting a new master's of engineering. I was thinking about getting a whole new degree to completely shift myself out of engineering. And so if you're kind of in this stage, I have a couple takeaways that I feel are kind of the remedy to what we've talked about before. And if you're in that evaluation stage and you're sort of like, okay, I need to do something. What are my next steps with my life? Then these steps can also help get you going in your new direction. So the first thing for me is authenticity. And it's so important. It's why I call my whole brand Authentic Life Project because I felt like up until my awakening, if you will, I was not living a life that was authentic to me. I didn't know my truth and I wasn't living in a way that, you know, reflected my values or what truly was making me happy. I was living in a way that society told me to live. And so the first step really is stepping into authenticity, which means reflecting on what are my values? What really makes me feel happy and fulfilled? 
when was the last time that I felt really happy and fulfilled? And what was I doing? Who was I with? And what values could I maybe tease out of what I was doing? For me, an example of this would be taking road trips away from my job and just having the freedom to have fun and adventure and just kind of set my own day. And I look back at those times and I'm like, that's when I really felt fulfilled and happy and like proud of myself for what I was doing. And so what values could I take out of that experience? Maybe I need more freedom in my life. Maybe I need more adventure. Maybe I need the freedom and flexibility of setting my own schedule. These are all clues to, you know, what the type of lifestyle that I want to be living. Another thing is to reflect on where you're just trying to keep other people happy or where you're trying to avoid disappointing others. A lot of the times we can do this where we are trying to keep others happy and we're doing things that just make us really unhappy. So where do you need to start saying no to things that you're not lit up by? Things that you're just doing for other people. Another area that you could reflect on is think about where you're trying to fit in. And I think about this a lot when it comes to our friend groups and especially the friends that we've had for a long time. You've been in this group maybe like since your university or before then and you know, people naturally grow, evolve, change, our interests change, you know, as we get older and sometimes our friends don't change in the same way that we do. And so you can look at when you hang out with these people, like, does it make you happy when you hang out with them? Do you feel like you fit in? Do you feel like you can still be your true self and you know, they will come along for the ride as you change and evolve? Or are your friends really just staying the same and now you've kind of outgrown them? And maybe you have this sense that you have outgrown them, but you're kind of scared to make new friends and you're scared to move on. And so you do your best to just fit in, but it's not feeling right anymore. So with all this said, hopefully after some reflection, you'll start to get an idea of your truth. And so the next step here is to start to get intentional with your life. One of my biggest problems was I was just on that conveyor belt, right? I wasn't intentional. I wasn't making conscious decisions based on my truth and what I believed would make me happy. So once you have an idea of what your truth is, it's really consciously making those decisions that are in alignment with your own truth and living in on integrity with your authenticity. And with this one, it's so important to have real trial and error mindset, especially if you, like me, kind of went a lot of your life being a little unconscious and now you're just going through those growing pains of getting to know yourself again you're going to have some trial and error before you'll really know what you like and before you really reconnect with your own intuition or your inner voice or whatever you think of as that knowing in your gut, in your body of what is right for you. The third thing here is to be okay going at your own pace. You're never really behind in life. You know, you're always just where you are. And for me, I look back and I have one friend from around the time of university who didn't go to university right after school. She started working and she took some time to reflect on what she wanted to do. 
And it took her, I think, like a year or two to finally decide on a program, but she really took the time and space to reflect on, you know, what she wanted. And then she found that fulfilling career kind of on the first try, if you will. And for me, I think about myself and I was so scared of falling behind my peers and looking off track in life that I didn't question whether or not I should quickly go to university, right? I was like, go to university, graduate, be on track. But, you know, are you really on track if you're now 30 years old and switching careers, right? That you're supposed to be, when you're 30, according to society, you're supposed to be like settling down and moving up the ladder and buying a house and having kids and doing all these things. You're not supposed to be starting a new career. So it's like, do you want to be a little bit behind earlier in life or do you want to be kind of starting over later in life. And I'm definitely not saying there's anything wrong with starting over later in life. Like I said, I actually feel like I've been on the path that I was supposed to be on. And for me, that just looked like changing careers in my 30s. And that's okay. And the last thing that is so, so important to me, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, but when it comes to your career, if you're choosing a career for the first time, or you're thinking about what your next career will look like, think about the day-to-day lifestyle. This is something that I didn't think about at all going into university because, you know, up until that point in my life, I had been in school my whole life, basically. And you just sort of take for granted that you're expected to be there at a certain time and you leave at a certain time and you sit in a desk all day and you don't really think any different of it. But I think later in life, one of the things that really started to be the first clue that, you know, my career wasn't working for me was I would be sitting behind a desk all day, looking out the window from across the room because I didn't have a window desk and it would be sunny and beautiful. And I would be thinking, why am I here sitting behind this desk? I want to be enjoying the best hours of the day while it's nice out. I don't want to rush to work in the morning, sit inside all day while it's nice out, and then go home and do chores or whatever while there's only a few hours of light left. So that was one of the big things. And some other questions that you can ask yourself are, do you really want to work 40 hours a week? Even if you have like a hybrid work situation, do you really want to have to work from eight to five, for example, or from whenever you work to? I know some employers are flexible, but even within that flexibility, you're still expected to be at the office or behind a desk for a certain number of hours a week. Does that appeal to you? Do you want to only have two to three weeks of vacation in a year? Do you want to have to request time off? Do you want your salary to increase in an incremental basis based on performance reviews? All of these things are things you need to question because they shouldn't be taken for granted. This isn't the work paradigm that we're in anymore. We are entering a new paradigm with the internet and the ability to make money from anywhere and the ability to have an unlimited earning potential and to really be your own boss and have a career that 
fits around your ideal lifestyle instead of having to squeeze your lifestyle around the Monday to Friday 40-hour work week that we're all used to. So to summarize that last point, really think about the lifestyle that you want, that you desire, and just know that you can make that happen. You don't need to compromise on your lifestyle and you can have a career that's fulfilling and you can have a lifestyle that you love as well. So that wraps up the podcast for today. Next week, I'm going to be diving into the next part of my story, which is entering the corporate work world and everything that comes along with that. So if that's interest to you, then keep listening and I'll see you next week.